0: It is showtime, baby. Here we go! Live in the entertainment capital of the world. Oh, three,
1: there you go. Just three. Oh, wow. sorry. As this game is going on, he's feeling it, and you can see he's rising to the occasion. It's the TC Martin Show. Oh, awesome
0: baby with a double. It's time to get your daily prescription from the doctor, TC Martin. This is your Captain Baby. Hey, come with me. The doctor is now in. Glad to have you with us. Here we go, middle of the work week. Hump day, Wednesday. How you doing? TC Martin show of course streaming live, tcmartinshow.com wherever you may be enjoying us. Glad to have you with us, Ballpark Frank, VGK Frank, uh, here by my side, and of course on the other side of the glass, the nunchuck pushing the buttons right some of the time. We'll see how we can do today. All right. So, a lot to cover today. Of course, more, more, more March Madness coming your way today as we prepare ourselves for the Sweet 16 games on Saturday. Still can't get used to this. I just love the Thursday through Sunday routine. We got thrown off that with rounds one and two. But you enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. But my biological clock is messed up now. Totally messed up. So I'm used to getting ready for the games tomorrow night. So the Sweet 16 games should be beginning tomorrow night. and Instead, we've got to wait an extra two days and wait till Saturday. Like I said, my biological clock is all, all mixed up here.
1: Okay, well, but isn't it better to have your biological clock mixed up than going through withdrawal from last year with no tournament? Well, I see, I like the way you look at the bright side there. No see? question. You know me. I'm just a ray of sunshine. At
0: least somebody in this room thinks so. <laughs> no, they don't. <laughs> this is true. All right. So, yeah, a lot of March Madness we'll talk uh, talk about today. Scott Spreitzer will join us next hour. Our featured handicapper as we start uh, previewing all of the matchups for the uh, Sweet 16. Plus, uh, we've got some NFL news to talk about as well, and also NHL. Golden Knights, uh, not in action, but uh, they will reconvene tomorrow on the road in Colorado. So we'll dive into that. But we want to start... Talking about the UNLV basketball program. Very glad today that the new head coach of the Runner Rebels will kick off the show and join us here today. And he's joined us before as an assistant coach, but now the first time as the head coach of the UNLV Runner Rebels. And of course, a former rebel himself. He's been an assistant the past seven seasons, the last two, of course, here at UNLV, and uh, very happy to say congratulations to the new head coach of the Running Rebels will kick off the show and join us here today. And He's joined us before as an assistant coach, but now the first time as the head coach of the UNLV Running Rebels, and of course, a former Rebel himself. He's been an assistant the past seven seasons, the last two, of course, here at UNLV, and uh, very happy to say congratulations to the new Runner Rebel head coach, Kevin Krueger. Kevin, what is going on, my man?
2: Oh, not too much. Thanks for having me.
0: Great to have you here. It's been a while since we talked, and uh, I remember, you know, when you came back to to Vegas, you were pretty excited about being on T.J. Alselberg's staff, and then now you're the head coach of the Runner Rebels program, so congratulations again, my friend.
2: No, thank you. Yeah, we are incredibly excited a couple years ago, and uh, the way that things have unfolded since then, we're just incredibly excited about this going forward. All
0: right, so people use the term dream job when they really feel good about an opportunity. And for you, this really does seem like that. Tell me and tell all of our listeners, why is this a dream job for you at UNLV?
2: Well, mostly, I mean, it's home and having the experience of uh, being a player here. And I think uh, just the, the familiarity with the city and the program and the school is, uh, is what makes that uh, really, like you mentioned, a, a dream job and where I want to be. And having that experience be such a great one and pivotal in my life uh, personally, it, it just all rolled into one, just, just makes it uh, a situation where I feel we could be successful and have a lot of fun doing it.
0: So tell us how things unfolded, Kevin, and give us an idea how this timetable worked out when you found out that T.J. was actually leaving for Iowa State.
2: Uh, yeah, you know, after, after finding that out and then once it opened, just uh, kind of making sure that, uh, that it was known that we wanted to be here and uh, just kind of getting the ball rolling that way and, and one thing leading to another and, you know, eventually you know, it feels like, you know, a couple hours ago, but I remember at the time it felt like it took forever and, uh, just kind of unfolding into, into being here, uh, where we're at today.
0: So did TJ share with you or the rest of the staff or anybody there about his intentions before he actually made it official about leaving for Iowa state?
2: Um, there wasn't a lot that was confirmed or denied, but there was conversations just in terms of, uh, uh what was going on to keep us all, uh, up to speed on it. But, um, nothing uh, speculative only kind of what was true and so we all kind of had an idea and and we were were kept in the loop so uh, there weren't any too or too many surprises for us as a staff
0: so did Desiree Reed Francois approach you about it or did you kind of take the initiative that said hey you know if this thing does happen that I would love to be considered or uh, walk us through that a little bit
2: well yeah i mean uh, you know looking back on it now a couple weeks it, it uh or we couldn't have Week or so ago, it was definitely something that was kind of—it's uh, kind of assumed as an assistant, you know—that everybody wants to go forward. And I think once things became official, it just—I uh, can't really remember who said what to who first, but um, the, that initial process where I'm sure she had 50 names to go through, is uh, and, and, uh, and I was one of them, and uh, luckily so, <laughs> or else it never would have happened.
0: Kevin Kruger joins us, the new UNLV head coach, TC Martin, and Ballpark Frank here.
1: Kevin a lot of people have mentioned the fact how you know you have the pedigree to be a head coach with your father you were a coach on the on the court when you were a player in that you've been an assistant for a while now what is the biggest challenge or the biggest difference now that you are the man in charge that you are the head coach because you certainly know how to coach and what it entails but what is the biggest challenge or, or the difference now as being the head guy Oh well, I
2: think you know as an assistant you you always dream of progressing and being able to run a program. And uh, you kind of put yourself mentally in situations of what would I do and how would I handle this? And, uh, uh and the, you kind of the intricacies in the, in the daily life as a head coach, but you know, it, there is a different level when you move over and, and have these decisions to be made and, you know, having the final say or final opinion on a roster or, you know, who's coming in on staff. And, and that is, uh, you know, once it's just more real. And uh, that those types of decisions are, are a little heavier uh, just because it's uh, it's kind of fun to play in your mind and, and try, try to prepare yourself as much as you possibly can. But until uh, you actually take the test, you know, you don't see the questions. So uh, I think that's kind of one of those things, just having that in your mind uh, and the severity and the importance of the decisions uh, when they are uh, kind of final and uh, they are determining what's going to go forward and how you're going to uh, progress as a program
0: most rebel fans know your story son of a head coach a very successful head coach not just here at unlv but of course other stops as well too including florida now at o- oklahoma you've been around the game for such a long time as a youngster great player started at arizona state transferred for your senior year here at unlv so of course people really got a chance to be familiar with you and in the last seven seasons You were an assistant coach at at all great, you know, high-level programs. What point in time did you really know that you wanted to be a head coach?
2: Oh, I don't know. I was probably eight or nine.
0: Yeah, so it goes way back. Like I said, it goes back before, you know, even playing in high school, right? No, absolutely. I
2: think, uh, you know, the the love for the game, um, the love for competition and, and sport, You know, it goes back as far as I can remember. And growing up, you know, the son of Lon and Barb is, is, I got to see their impact and their love for life and the love for being a college basketball coach and a college basketball family. So, you know, that was the pinnacle in my mind of of where you could go in life professionally and, and enjoy it and seeing the example that they set. Um, is really what I think showed me that that's what I wanted to do with my life, and then you again you combine that with you know the love for competition in sport and sport and basketball specifically is kind of what uh, probably led to this day of of wanting to be here and and, and wanting to be a head coach.
1: One of the advantages you have over some other people is because you do know the city so well. When you're out recruiting these kids, what is your what is your biggest selling point on getting them to come to Vegas and play for your program? And what's the biggest hurdle that you have to go over from negatives that other coaches are maybe telling kids about why they shouldn't come here?
2: Well, I think the positive is the familiarity. Like you, you know, you mentioned earlier is uh, having played here and knowing what it's like and, and knowing the city and how that, that it is intertwined with the basketball program and really being able to sell and and emphasize the love for UNLV basketball that the community and the city has. And, uh, you know, them being able to hear that in in my voice and see it in my eyes, you know, COVID permitting in the future that, you know, they they can see how much you you can uh, be successful here as a player and uh, of course, you know there's there's going to be negatives if people want to do that and say you know the city can eat you up and and if you're if that's something that interests you then we're probably not going to go down that road. Um, you know people that if there's a high school kid saying they love Las Vegas then you know that is a little different than saying I want to be at UNLV. Uh, you know little things like that having having that experience here in the city and in in the program is uh, I definitely think we can be in it. Uh, an advantage for
0: us kevin i kind of want to go back in time a little bit and then then transform right up to the the present here i'm curious what has been your viewpoint of the unlv basketball program going back while you were a, a player you know nearly 15 years ago to the time where you were an assistant to the time where you returned here two years ago as an assistant to where you are today um well
2: definitely always followed you know unlv basketball i think the the legends emails that Hinton Hinton out keeps everybody uh, uh up to date on the on the program and, and just enjoying following it and, and being a fan and uh staying in touch you know having known the coaches that were here and, right. uh, and and being trying to be the best you know rebel supporter that i could be as a former player at that time whether i was coaching somewhere else or not i think um that was just something that I always took a lot of pride in, and and being able to tell people that I played at UNLV was has always been something I, I say with a smile, and and uh, so that that's kind of just the way we've approached it uh, all that time. And then you know, being able to come here on staff was you know was really just a highlight, uh, and being able to get back with the program and, and back involved and be a part of it every day is is something that we had to jump at that opportunity, and and really thankful to. TJ for giving us that opportunity two years ago because being a part of the program and being a running rebel was a, was a, a, a great part of my life. So uh, uh, yeah, just following along and, uh, and being a fan and being supportive in any way we can is just kind of um, something we, we enjoy doing.
0: And I'm sure that, you know, of course, you've heard the rumblings from boosters and fans over the years that, hey, you know, they they wish it was, you know, 1990 or heck, they wish it was, you know, back when you were were a player and your dad was still a coach, you know, in the early 2000s, they wish the program was at its level. And while you were away from the program, I know you were still following it, but but what was your viewpoint at that point in time and and were you aware that okay you know hey this program isn't really where it should be and then when you came back i mean was that kind of a mission for you yourself Why you're recruiting as an assistant coach and obviously now as a head coach that you said hey we, we've got to get this back because i'm sure that you have been aware of where the program was and where it has been currently
2: Um yeah i, I don't think as a staff where we're going to really sit down and say we got to get back to to this point i think uh or, or that point or this example, or that comparison, I think what we've, we've just got to focus on is getting better. And uh, that was always a, a big time approach growing up, learning from my parents that, you know, just get better, get better today, get better tomorrow, you know, and stack those days on top of each other. But, uh, and that's our goal today. You know, our goal today as a staff and as a team is to get better, you know, guys in the gym getting after it and uh, us as staff getting together and, and, and our plan of attack going forward, but, uh, yeah. And, and maybe we'll, you know, those teams are, are always going to be recognized, you know, the, the final four teams with Tark and the, and the, and the teams that have done well since then. Uh, and while we, you know, we haven't been back to that national championship since, uh, it's obviously the ultimate goal, but the first thing we got to worry about is just getting better and, uh, and continuing to progress and, and continuing to establish ourselves. uh, as a team in the Mountain West that's going to compete for championships and and eventually uh, get back to the tournament and make runs in the tournament.
1: When it comes to getting better, do you have a blueprint for recruitment in that? I mean, some coaches look for the one-and-done players. Some look for the junior college transfers. Others for the guy that's going to stay three or four years or whatever. Or is it just a fluid thing that you're going to look for the best player in the best situation at that time to make the best team you can for that moment?
2: I think there's a little bit of that to it but uh, but when it comes to recruiting you know we we've, we've definitely got to bring in guys that are uh, have similar character and values I think that the rest of the team and, and the staff embodies. And if we can do that we can set ourselves up for not only just success hopefully quickly but also some sustained success because if we if we can go after guys and bring in guys that just want to continue to get better and uh, continue to understand it the better we do as a team that it will be the better they do individually. And then at the end of the day, they can progress after college to go where they want to go to. But, uh, yeah, I don't know if we'd say we're going to have a, uh, a specific uh, blueprint. I think uh, just bringing in guys that, that want to be here, that they want to compete, uh, they want to play hard because they love to compete and play basketball. And uh, I think that will eventually translate into winning games.
0: Kevin Krueger joins us, the new head coach at UNLV. Kevin, talk about the first few days in the job. I mean, once you got the news, did the introductory press conference, now now you've been working. uh, What has been your immediate focus?
2: Uh, Well, you know, the the support has been incredible. uh, From former players to to people in the community and uh, making sure that that we're in touch with them has, has been great. But the first priority was the guys. Uh, the players we have here, uh, making sure we sit down and understand what can we do and how we can make their experience and, and their life better, because uh, that that is why we're here. You know, we're we're here to help them get to where they want to get to in life, um, professionally and personally. Make sure they uh, they're getting their degree along the way, and uh, so that, that that was our first priority to make sure that we're on the same page with the guys going forward, and uh, and then also just returning some. Some uh, calls and emails and texts to uh, to the people of Las Vegas that that have uh, been supportive. And uh, once we get through that, then we'll uh, you know we'll attack the next objective.
0: What is your view of the current roster? The the guys that you coach, uh, you know, been in charge of the last couple of years, along with T.G. Outzelberger. And how are you handling keeping uh, the the guys that you want in this program?
2: Well, I think mean, you know when we sit down and have these meetings, there are going to be continuous discussions going going forward. Uh, is honesty? You know, I think over the past couple of years, that the one thing we have built with the guys is that they have a a comfort level where they they're free they feel free to talk and express uh, their thoughts and their concerns, and we appreciate that. Um, there's no point in hiding anything and and uh, having a little secret agenda. We want everything to be out on the table. Uh, because we want everybody to be happy, you know we, we've got to have guys continue to be happy and want to be here so that they can excel uh, in everything that they do here and uh, so that that's kind of you know how it's going to go with, uh, with ongoing discussions and honesty and uh, kind of just uh, form a, forming a team that uh, is excited to be here and excited to work together.
0: What kind of player do you want th- to to come to UNLV and play for you?
2: I want a player that's going to dive into the stands for a loose ball. uh, That's going to pick up a teammate when they dive into the stands for a loose ball. It's going to take charges. That's going to scream with excitement at a good play by a teammate. um, That's going to create an opportunity or an open shot or an advantage for a teammate. And then uh, take a lot of pride guarding the other team and and making life miserable and hard uh, for the other team to score. And I think when, uh, when we put that together and, uh, individually and then combine that as a group, I think uh, it can lead to a lot of wins.
0: So you want a replica of yourself is what you're saying.
2: Ah, yeah, I don't know about that. We gotta get a little bit. We gotta get a better player than that. So we're gonna be in trouble.
0: But you did. You fit all those. You checked all those boxes when you were a player here. So. Well, he, he wants
1: that mentality. Maybe just a little bit more of the the of player on the court. Right, right.
0: <laughs> no. Yeah. There
2: we go. There we go. We definitely. uh we want. Well we want, want guys to look forward to going and fighting. There we okay? go
1: obviously the players on the court ultimately determine your ability to win or lose basketball games. But it's also putting people around you that can be successful. What are you looking in for in the coaching staff and your assistants in that? Because now you're the guy that's building people, and you obviously want people on the same page as you, so with the same vision as you to uh, get to that next level and get success again and try to once again pack the Mac like it did back in the old days. Yeah, I think there's a lot of similarities with
2: that with the uh, the players. You know, we want to be on the same page. We want everybody to be happy. Um, we want everybody to have a role that they feel excited and comfortable about and, uh, and just to continue to have that dialogue. You know, we're going to learn each other a lot about each other and, and continue to grow and strengthen those relationships. And at the end of the day, again, it's, it's about being happy and being excited to be where you're at. And uh, going forward, I, I think that's what we're going to have. We're going to have, uh, you know, people that want to be here, are excited to be here and excited to go get after it.
1: And one other thing on the players, too, because I know a lot's been made of this over the last several years. How important is it to get the top talent right here in Vegas out of high school to stay and want to stay and play at UNLV?
2: Well, yeah, I mean, Vegas has obviously been booming with uh, attention and interest in, in basketball and in the high school basketball. And, we, and we've and we got to do a good job of, uh, you know, of really just setting an example and, and living our daily life at UNLV to where the younger guys in this city want to grow up and be running rebels and i think if if we do that and if we kind of show the community and we and we show the younger the next generation or next uh, wave of high school kids uh, what life can be like here at UNLV and how it can be fun and, and everyone can get to where they want to get to then you know we'll be able to to have a good uh, recruiting approach here in the city and, and and be able to, you know, have great young, young guys come and be running Rebels.
0: You know, Kevin, we've seen, especially this season with COVID and everything, the transfer portal is, it's much more wide open now. It's a little bit more easy to, to get kids to, you know, transfer from one school to the other. We've seen, you know, former UNLV players, you know, use the portal and we've seen some people, you know, some players come here. What is your viewpoint of that?
2: Um, if If it's a good high school player that fits with the team, uh, we'll go that way. If there's a Juco guy out there that, that we know and love and, and embodies the same approach and that we have, then, then we'll go that way. But, uh, you know, the transfer portal is what it is, and it's going to continue probably here for the next couple of years to continue to grow and uh, be more of a recruiting tool than it used to be. And know, uh, and these always had great transfers. I mean, if you go through the history of the program, uh, whether it be junior college or four-to-four uh, four transfers, Uh, there's always been kind of a a player or two that's that's come here as a second opportunity and and thrived. And the team has done well along the way. So uh, we're not going to write anything off, but uh, we're really just going to look for the character of the guys and uh, and their love and their desire to play and compete. And uh, and I think if we can get guys in here to do that and they can can play with each other, uh, then we'll have a pretty good time doing it.
0: What are your thoughts on non-conference scheduling, and what type of schedule would you like to put in place here?
2: Yeah, I think that the non-conference schedule is, is important. Um, it's important for the fan base. I know there's a, a history of, of some good non-conference rivalries that UNLV's always had that uh, that we want to continue to be a part of. And uh, you know, it's a lot. It, things are always changing. You know, you've now got multiple venues that that can kind of make things more interesting for certain games. And then you've always got the incredible Thomas and Mac that, you know, can provide an unbelievable home atmosphere for a, for a non-conference game. And, uh and, and, but most importantly, it's about getting us ready for the conference um, because we've, we've got to, at the end of the day, compete for those conference championships. And, you know, later to at the end of the year, and then continuing that into the NCAA tournament is, is really the ultimate goal. So we've definitely got to challenge ourselves in the non-conference and, uh, you know, hopefully get some of the, some non-conference rivalries going, get some good home-and-homes going and uh, some neutral sites here and here and there and, and uh, really just uh, get the guys ready for conference.
1: Obviously it's an exciting time for you and it's a very busy time for you as well, but have you had a chance to check out much of the NCAA tournament and how exciting is that for you when you see all the upsets and that kind of stuff, knowing that doing things right in that that you can turn it around in college basketball pretty quickly?
2: Yeah, I mean, from what we've been able to watch from the NCAA tournament, it's been exciting. It's definitely not uh, not short on any storyline. You know, what what some of these teams have been able to do and, and grab the attention of the country. It's it's unfortunate that there aren't fans uh, in the seats because that just adds to the level of excitement. But uh, some of the things they've done this year, they've never been done with the number of double-digit seeds advancing uh, or, uh, you know, the stories that ha- have come out of this tournament are really just make it fun to watch uh been a little busy the past few past few days i didn't get to watch all of uh the ou game but you know just just having that experience to to sit here and and, you know and kind of dream you know about playing in that game about getting the guys and and having that excitement of uh of an ncaa tournament game with this group is uh is uh something you want to do and something we look forward to doing and, and working towards being able to do
0: so I got a chance to talk to your dad a little bit yesterday and actually. He's going to come on the show tomorrow and uh so we'll let him, uh, you know, talk about you a little bit. But uh I know you guys have a great relationship and everything again, not just the father-son thing, but you know, coaching under him I- as well too. What was that conversation like when you officially got the job? What did you say to your dad and and what did he say to you?
2: Uh well, when I got it, you know, I, I, it, me and a uh, little Cammy, we gave him a, a FaceTime. <laughs> so you know, we, we shared that experience with him, and he was obviously over the moon. But having that relationship with him, working together, playing for him, you know, really just kind of strengthened the basketball relationship that we have. And uh, I've always felt that I understand him well um, uh, because, if anything, he's consistent in, in his approach and how he treats people. And, you know, knowing that as a player, it helps, you know, when your coaching staff is consistent. And you know, a lot of times you don't have to ask him things because you know the answer. And working with him is kind of the same way. You know, knowing what type of, of players he looks for and and type of guys he wants to bring into his program uh, is uh, something that I'm definitely going to try to implement my own style. You know, just being as consistent and solid as I can, so that you know there are no surprises and and people really know what they're getting before they even ask.
0: All right, Kevin, final thing for you here. The, the biggest challenge you feel that you may have here, and what do you want to say to Rebel fans?
2: Well, what I'd say to the Rebel fans is, is come on out. You know, hopefully, if it, again, COVID permitting, uh, come out, support the guys. Uh, you know, I think like I uh, said a few days ago, you know, we, we used to say come early, cheer loud, wear red. And uh, I think we, need to, we might need to bring that back if we can. And uh, you know, have people in the Thomas Mack, and, Mac. and uh, you know, early on, we're really hoping with COVID and everything that we can have our practices open. You know, we 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 always felt that that was a a strength of the program was having people being able to introduce themselves uh, to the players and having the players be able to introduce themselves to the community and the fans, and uh, really, really just want this to to the city to know that you know this is their team. You know, UNLV is is, is the players' program and and the, the, the community and the city's team. And uh, I think that's also going to be one of the challenges, is to continue to strengthen the relationship uh, that, you know, the, obviously the history and the tradition of the, the city and team goes back a long ways and, and just continuing to strengthen and build that uh, going forward. But uh, we definitely want uh, the, the fans and the city to be a part of it and a part of us going forward, and uh, and we're really looking forward to that.
0: Kevin, congratulations again. We're rooting for you. Very happy that you got this opportunity. And anytime Vegas can bring back one of their own, it's very, very special. I know uh, you know fans and boosters are probably very, very excited about this. So good luck to you, my friend, and we look forward to covering you and having you on quite a bit down the road. All right. Thank you. Take care. There he is. Kevin Krueger, UNLV's new head coach and a familiar one, of course, uh, point guard in that team, along with our good friend Curtis Terry, who's a regular on the on the show as well. We know Curtis very very happy, and of course, you know Lon Kruger, also a great friend of the show, who will be on with us tomorrow. Uh, it's just you know he has the right last name. You know again, when you go through these coaching changes that we've talked about before, what UNLV. Has gone through not just the guys who have had the jobs, but the guys who've been rumored to have the jobs, or actually were offered the jobs. And again, we had you know two of those situations with Mick Cronin and Chris Beard, so it just seems like they've gone through this process over and over again for the better part of the last five or six years. And uh, I think you know, again, I, I think it's a great hire for where UNLV is at right now. And uh, uh how can you not like Kevin Kruger, Long Kruger, Barb? The entire family. So uh, I mean that. I really am rooting for him. It's easier to root for a guy that you know a little bit, you're familiar with, you've seen him play here. So Rebel fans should be excited about this.
1: Yeah, I think they should be excited. And I, obviously, uh, you know, he, he he's a good guy. He He seems like a really good guy. Got to know him a little bit well uh, you know, when he played here. And like you said, know his father, who's a totally stand-up person. And now he's got the opportunity. Now we'll see what it is. I don't know how good of a hire is at this point. I hope it turns out to be one. Like you said, it's hard to not be in his corner there. The one thing that kept on going through my mind was, and I'm sure that his mom is looking forward to this and dreading it at the same time. What about the day that it could potentially happen when Oklahoma and UNLV are meeting each other either regular season or in March Madness or something Mm -hmm. like that? What hat is she wearing that day? I mean, you see that all the time with parents and things, you know, where it's like, you know, they have two two sons or something playing in the same football game or this, that, or the other, but um, I'm sure it would be very exciting, but also very nerve wracking. Uh, I think I can safely say that uh, they would love to have that moment because if
0: they get to that point and you're mean, that means you've gone to the big dance. It means you've yes. gone to
1: the big dance. It means one is definitely advancing yes. beyond. Yes. Yeah. So you know, the, and the deeper in the mm-hmm. tournament, the better it is, but also the the more nerve wracking. But but again, it's it's one of mm-hmm. those things you just kind of hope that someday it happens.
0: Mm-hmm. You know, this is uh, one of those things, too, where you'd love to see maybe the non-conference schedule open up a little bit where Oklahoma could play UNLV, but we know these schedules are made four, five, six years in advance. So, you know, who knows if Lon Kruger will still be coaching, let alone be at Oklahoma and how long this lasts uh, for Kevin. But, again, y- y- these type of stories are good, and they're feel-good stories. But, you know, again, let's let's be honest and realistic. A lot of times they don't end well. Oh, well, for sure. Uh, and, you know, we can go back with story after story. I mean – I remember when the Green Bay Packers hired Bart Starr. They thought, wow, what a love affair. But Because at that point in time, the most beloved Packer player probably of all time. And he really didn't have any coaching experience. He didn't have any coaching experience. But they brought him in there, and they waited, and they waited, and it just didn't work out. And the day they had to let him go was just brutal. And you get to these type of situations where you always want one of your own, but then you feel like, okay, can we... Can we let this guy go? We know business is business, and then you wonder. Okay, now it's it gets a little sloppy. Just here, we go back to twenty sixteen with Dave Rice. Dave Rice was in the exact same situation with Kevin Kruger. You know, again, he was on the the best UNLV team ever, and so it was it was hard to to see him go for a lot of people. And I know for an administration who had to let him go, they felt really sick about it, too. So I think sometimes that's why administrators don't want to go with one of those guys. Because they feel, hey, the relationship is always
1: good, but it has a, a possibility to turn out sour at the end. Oh, you can really paint yourself in a corner. I mean, yeah. you, you know DePaul University back back yeah. in Chicago very There's well. Another one. When Ray Meyer There's left and his yep. son took over. It, it never worked out for Joey yeah. at Georgetown when John Thompson's kids, um, you know, it wasn't the same. They never got back to that level because mm-hmm. expectations are so high. Now, maybe they're not as high here right now, but for some of the old timers, it is. But we'll see what happens. I'm curious to see how, how much time they give him, what, time, what kind of team he can build in that, and what he does do. Like he mentioned, now he's the guy calling the X's and knows everything. There's a lot of things. And then there's other teams like that the schools that put themselves in that situation, and they don't know when to let go in a different sport going on right now. I would say you could say that about Michigan with Jim Harbaugh. They're still trying to make that work. How many more chances? If it wasn't Jim Harbaugh, would he still be there? We know the answer to that because you saw the coaches before him that were let go long before. Now, personally, I hope they give him a lifetime contract and he's there (laughs) for the next 50 years. But (laughs) eventually – it's got to work out or they've got to let him go.
0: Yeah, spoken like a true Ohio State Buckeye fan there. Yeah, keep him
1: there so we can keep beating the hell out of you. Damn straight. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Alright, when we come back, well, we'll give some more thoughts about the Kevin Kruger coaching uh, hiring with, uh, by UNLV, and like we said, Lon Kruger will be joining us tomorrow. That's always fun, and uh, they'll have some special meaning as well, too, and to hear Lon talk about uh, Kevin, because I know Lon was very, very excited uh, about the news, and uh, we know Kevin's fired up, so uh, glad Glad to have uh, the Krugers back here in, in Vegas. And Lon still loves Vegas. Absolutely. You know, again, still has a home here. He's here with Coaches versus Cancer every summer. So, great stuff. Alright, we'll hit that when we come back. Uh, we'll start looking at the March Madness matchups for the Sweet 16 next hour. So, plenty to talk about. Non-Stop Sports Talk coming your way till 4 o'clock. It is the T.C. Martin Show on a Wild Wednesday. Back to more Non-Stop Sports Talk with the Dr. T.C. Martin. Don't forget, get on over to the William Hill Sportsbooks and get the mobile app. How does it start? Well, you know how it does. You start on your phone, you download it, get the William Hill mobile app, boom, put some money in the account. Go over to the Cosmopolitan of Las Vegas or any William Hill Sportsbook. That even includes the kiosks around town, all throughout the great state of Nevada, specifically here in Las Vegas. Get the mobile app, deposit at least $50 into a brand new account. They'll match it with an additional $50. And there you go. Free money to play with for the NCAA tournament. Sweet Sixteens happening this weekend. you got VGK, the NHL, Major League Baseball exhibition games. You can bet on it all, as you know. So get the mobile app, download it, deposit money, use the promo code TC50. That's TC50, 50 thats tc 50 50 free dollars in your account, the William Hill mobile app. All right, I want to thank Kevin Kruger for joining us. Named UNLV head coach officially on Monday. So it was great to talk with him again. Like I said, first time as a head coach that we're talking to him. And a couple notes here or, you know, take backs from that conversation. One for me was him saying that not having a specific blueprint. I know you asked the question, Frank, and that hit me. Not really having a specific blueprint for building the program. If I'm hearing that.
1: That's a concern. I would agree and that's kinda of why I asked him that question, because I know that there are coaches, you know, a lot of coaches like the one and done, a lot of people like the the players that's gonna stay there a while this and that. So and I understand you want a little bit of fluidity and maybe it changes as you've reached a certain amount of success, maybe you change it a little bit or tweak it or something, but no, I'm I'm with you. I, I kinda of thought he'd say, Well, right now we're starting out with this and that kind of stuff and then we'll see where it goes or something. So We'll see how it works out that way, but I did think it was interesting that he said that. Yeah, every coach,
0: believe me, has a blueprint, especially for someone who said he wanted to be a, a head coach at the age of 8 or 9. Yeah.
1: I mean, you know what you want to do. And I, I, and maybe he just didn't want to throw it out there to people or something for whatever reason. I'm not no, sure, I, but but because okay. I'm, I'm sure Lon has a blueprint as, as long as he's been doing it. He still mm-hmm. knows what he's going for and looking for. Now, a lot of people
0: are going to say, Okay, this guy's never been a head coach, and they're gonna hold that over him. But it's gonna be hard for loyal UNLV fans to hold it over him because, again, like we talked about before the break, is that you know people are gonna remember that and they want to give him the benefit of the doubt. So, and I think administration, you know, will give him the benefit of the doubt. Now, Desiree Francois, she's not, you know, born and and raised here. Whatever, she's not. Okay. This is her job right now, and so she's going to have to make some tough decisions. Where before, with Tina Kunzer Murphy, you know, with her long ties here, she would probably hang on a little bit longer. And yeah, she but, was more ingrained in the community yeah, and everything yeah, like I that. I know because was tu- she was part of right, it. and it was tough for her. And I, I know firsthand because I spent so much time with her during that whole Dave Rice situation, and it, it did pain her. But she had to pull the trigger, and it wasn't really so much on the court basketball stuff because UNLV was very successful, but they weren't having the success what they were accustomed to, but there were some other things outside of that, you know, with, you know, players going to class and, you know, most of the players taking online classes and that sort of thing. And, and they didn't want to, they didn't want to have that, you know, the GPA dipped a little bit, but what you can't take away is Dave Rice's passion, his enthusiasm. He was a workaholic. He recruited great players and you knew that they were going to compete for conference championships you you knew that and then what happened it's it, it really did fall by the wayside after dave left so maybe a guy like kevin krueger who is connected to this community can bring that but the big question mark that i think I, that i have and i know a lot of fans will have too is like okay you know you've got to say the right things you always talk about winning the press conference and it's so easy for a head coach to win the press conference because he just says the right things saying that you know, what people want to hear, but really just showing your own passion. And I know that we're in COVID and the Zoom press conference the other day, there was a lot of glitches. And I just know from a media standpoint, I couldn't really hear anything Kevin was saying. You could hear the questions. So obviously it it wasn't that prototypical type of press conference. Now you remember when T.J. Alzenberger going back two years ago, with the pomp and circumstance, here comes the helicopter, the balloons, the music, the band, all that sort of thing. He won the press conference. But the bottom line is... He he didn't he didn't win here enough didn't win enough games, so I guess what I'm saying is it's easy to win the press conference. I'm not sure Kevin Kruger did that. And then when we're asking him, you know, what is your blueprint? You know, how are you going to build a program? What type of player do you want to go? Over? Those are are softballs. Those are slam dunk questions that you come and say, you know, boom, your passion. You know, the the scarlet and red it just it just comes across. You know, scarlet and gray you know of of what you want to build and how you feel about this program this is home i mean he said all those things but i think people want to hear you know what type of player is he going to bring in here what are they going to do on the court because let's be honest runner rebel fans don't want to hear hey we need patience and that's the truth because there's a lot of work that needs to be done and i just you know for my time being back here for my second stint in 2015 in my opinion, this roster is the least talented and needs the most work of any of the previous coaches.
1: Yeah, I, I definitely couldn't argue with that very much. So, But, no, I agree with you. It, it's kind of funny because when you kind of ask the follow-up to it, he seemed to answer it more then than he did when I asked him directly about it when he said, I want the guy that dives into the stands, the hard worker. Okay, well, that then that's what you're recruiting, whether that be. And those kind of players normally aren't one and done, but if you can get somebody like a Larry Bird or something who, you know, would dive like that even though he had all the talent he had, you know, then then that's even that much more of a plus. But, yeah, he wants a blue-collar guy. He wants somebody hardworking in that but also has some skill and talent. And I'm sure that he is looking for somebody who's going to stay for a while, you know, that, you know, and, you know, maybe there's a junior college transfer here or there that you throw in. So, you know, he might not have a, a specific, well, this is a blueprint and this is exactly what we're going for. And every coach has to be fluid and be able to tweak things and do something different. We see Gonzaga getting a guy who's a one-and-done this year. They normally don't do that, but if he's available and he wants to come there, you're not going to say no either. So you have to change things around a little bit, but I actually thought he answered it more with your, your follow-up question to it than the original one. So, But um, we'll see where it goes. And, again, I, I like the hire. I think he deserves the opportunity. I don't know if it's gonna work or not. Nobody does, you know. You know, even Nostradamus doesn't have a perfect bracket this year. Nobody can predict the future. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh if uh our listeners have thoughts about what you heard from Kevin Kruger,
0: just thoughts about the UNLV program, jump on board the phones. 221-7283. We could take a couple calls here before the top of the hour. Outside of Vegas, of course, the area code is 702. 702- Two two one seventy two eighty three two two one seventy two eighty three. Your thoughts about Kevin Kruger as the new UNLV head coach? Your thoughts about what Kevin Kruger had to say? So jump on board and uh, feel free to give us your thoughts uh, with that. You know, going going back to to that and hearing what he had to say, a, a lot of people are going to be skeptical with anybody that comes in here, and for a guy who's been an assistant coach for the last seven seasons, two at Northern Arizona, the three at Oklahoma under his dad, Lon, you know, that's high profile stuff right there Two here at UNLV with TJ Altselberger. the hire made sense because of where the program is at currently right now. And if you ever wanted to bring in a former guy, whether it was him, whether it was Stacy Ogwin, somebody like that, I think you you've got nothing to lose, and I know that fans really wanted a high profile guy. They wanted a guy that had, you know, some big time coaching experience. But because we're UNLV, is that money wise? Where they're at? Just you know wh- where the program's at, and really, you know, a, let's say the the cupboard is bare. I mean, it's very very bare there. I think this is a a fine place to go, and it's not like it's settling because a lot of people say, well, you're, you're settling. We can be great again. Everybody who takes over that job wants to be great. They want to win. I guess I just would like to hear a little bit more fire from Kevin, but that's really, I guess, not his personality because I know the few times that I've talked to him, that's exactly what you know, what I've got from him. I mean, nice guy, uh, but let, let's get a little bit more fire and let's get a little bit more specifics about how you're going to build this program and what kind of player you're going
1: to get and how you're going to attack it. Yeah, you're right. And, and maybe that's just not his personality, like you say. Maybe he's not the guy that, that shakes the pom-poms on the sidelines and jumps up and down and screams in everybody's ear or that. There's different leaders and there's different ways of leading. But what you said earlier I thought was an interesting thing. When you said, you know, everyone's going to have some kind of questions or shots or whatever, if they would have got that big name, let's just get ridiculous and say that they got Rick Patino, which was never going to happen. Correct. They could never get the buyout from Iona, but let's say that that was there. The first thing you'd hear is, Well, how long is he going to stay here? It's just a stepping stone. So, even if you get that big name guy, then the naysayers are going to go, Well, he's just using this to get onto a power five or something else there. No matter who they hired, there was going to be negativity because there's no perfect hire. Because you don't know what's going to happen down the road and in the future and that. So people are always going to find something to take shots at or complain about or whatever. Yeah, he hasn't been a head coach before. Yeah, we don't know what he's going to do. Yeah, he, he didn't tell us what his blueprint is and made it kind of sound like maybe he doesn't have one. But we obviously know that he must have something in line there. The bottom line is he is the hire. It worked out financially. You can kind of say that they're getting him for free because of the money that they're going to get Mm -hmm. from Iowa State for TJ going there. I don't want to say that there's nothing to lose because obviously there is something to lose from the fact that, well, if they continue to not be good, then people are going to continue to complain. But you had to hire somebody. The timing of everything of when he left, you know, I think what has a lot of people upset, at least what I see on social media all over, is how quick it was done, Mm -hmm. you know. And yet if it takes forever... Then people complain that, oh, they're drawing this thing out for so long. So, again, no matter what you do, especially in this day and age of social media, people are going to complain.
0: That's the world we live in. He was the one and probably only candidate. I firmly believe that. There there wasn't a national search. I
1: did kind of smile when he said, well, I know that she was probably looking through 50 names, and I'm thinking, I don't know if I'd agree with that, but okay, let's (laughs) go with that.
0: (laughs) All right, let's go to the phones, uh, get some thoughts here. John, welcome to the show. very much i think this guy is a fabulous hire he has everything
3: you need he has passion he loves las vegas he loves the school he loves the program he has enthusiasm so much enthusiasm that's going to help with recruiting and get players who might go to a bigger name school and he has something that 37 years old gives him he has high energy levels to bring the best out in these players. He can work out with the coaches, if he if, with the players, if he needs to. You guys asked him a question, and it was a great question. What do you want out of your players? He goes, I want him going for the ball, falling on the ground. And it was like a great answer. This guy's the right coach. You're going to win with him.
0: And we hope so. I mean, definitely. I, I think, again, you know, he's, he's got – the the right pedigree and if it has the right last name as well too the, again there's just tons of experience it needs a lot it does. needs it, a lot, it it means a lot. And, and especially here for I this fan base counter- because again TJ counter- counter- Alterburger was not a sexy hire it wasn't people didn't know who he was coming from south dakota state you know you can say the same thing about marvin mm-hmm. Menzies. so again y- you're you're going to win the fan base over with that alone go ahead john
3: i just say i think counter blessings we got a winner here it's going to exactly. be a winner Give given two to three years you're gonna see this team compete uh, and they're gonna make the tournament and maybe at some point they might win it
0: okay my man I appreciate the call thanks for the thoughts there it is all right uh and again what I believe in Kevin is that he's going to be able to recruit because he was able to do that and be part of that at Oklahoma and that's you know not so much here with TJ alsoberger but I'm gonna say, what he did at Oklahoma. I mean, he was part of that staff. He's able to recruit. He got into those living rooms of some top-tier talent. And with that type of experience, and you know what? His dad, let's don't discount this. Don't forget about this at all. This is a major point. His dad is going to help recruit UNLV too. Say his dad has got, you know, player A and B at Oklahoma, but, you know, that player B or maybe C, they can't go there? Go play for my kid. Go play for my son. What a great place to play. Yeah, there's always I... so many scholarships. Exactly, especially in basketball. So the bottom line is, you know, if you can, we we can't have you here, but I think you're going to be a better fit in Las Vegas, and Lon will turn turn that around and recruit Las Vegas because we know he can recruit Las Vegas. Heck, to this day, he still recruits Las Vegas with the coaches of cancer, and now that his kid
1: is running the program. So think about that, too. Well, and the one thing I did like, and we mentioned that maybe in the interview, maybe he didn't have the passion. You would have liked to hear a little bit more of that vocally come out. But remember, he did say that he can't wait to get into the kid's living room and where they can see the fire in his eyes and this and that. So, again, maybe it's a little bit more cerebral. Maybe it's a little bit more visual with him, you know, that he's looking forward to not doing Zoom stuff anymore. So maybe what doesn't transpire with, like, let's go get him, and, ooh, yeah, brother, or something like that, maybe with, you know, but when they see it, and, and he made a point of saying that, when they see it in my eyes, when I talk about playing at UNLV with the fireworks and the fans and the packed Mac and this, that, and the other. Maybe that's will transpire more. Maybe it just doesn't equate to the radio as much. And maybe, quite honestly, he's not savvy from doing that many radio interviews yet. Maybe he's still got to learn that aspect of it a little bit more. But I think he will have it when he's doing the recruitment, and that's the biggest thing. And that's another question about him. Well, we don't know if we can recruit or not. What do you mean you don't know if he can recruit? He's done it at the other places. The head coach isn't the only one that goes out on the recruiting trail. In fact, in a lot of schools, the head coach rarely goes out at the recruiting trail, no. except for the real blue chippers. Yeah,
0: no, I have total confidence in the in the recruiting aspect. And again, I, I wasn't that confident with what T.J. Altselberger was doing, because when you're trying to recruit South Dakota State, and then you're trying to, to recruit Las Vegas, it's, it's a different mindset and where he came from as well. God, remember, he was a Wisconsin guy, played at a small school, coached a small school in Wisconsin. Then he went to Iowa State as, as a longtime assistant, and you're recruiting certain type of players. Now, out, out here in the West, again, South Dakota State is not the West. Okay, UNLV is on par with Los Angeles and Sacramento and San Francisco and that West Coast and even Phoenix, you know, that sort of thing where you're getting a different type of player, and that's a hotbed of talent. And in in his two years, T.J. Altsaberger's two years here, you didn't see that type of player. So You didn't see it at all. So I had no confidence in that. I got more confidence in Kevin,
1: you know, even though we haven't seen it firsthand, but just because of the pedigree he has and where he's been. So you're saying that he went from South Dakota State, the mild west, and came to the UNLV, the wild west. Absolutely correct. And Ames, Iowa, maybe is a little bit more like a South Dakota State. Yeah, you want to come here and you want to, you want to focus on basketball? This is the place to be because we got nothing else for you to do. <laughs> All right.
0: Kevin Krueger, new UNLV head coach. And, again, Lon Kruger, his dad, the coach at Oklahoma, who unfortunately just got beat last weekend by... That buzzsaw of the Gonzaga Bulldogs. But uh in of good spirits, and look forward to talking with him tomorrow.
1: That Gonzaga team, they might have some promise, huh? I think so. Yeah, might be the favorite in the tournament.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. My team's still alive, though. I got the Baylor Bears. I'm going for a little upset there. We'll see what happens. But, again, it can all be gone just like that. But you know who I'm rooting for. I'm rooting for the Ramblers, baby. Let's get it again on Saturday with the Ramblers. Let's get rambling.
1: Sister Jean oh, hoisting the banner would be oh,
0: awesome. You got that
1: right. It would. All right, when we come back,
0: Scott Sprite will join us next hour. We start breaking down the Sweet 16. Don't you dare go anywhere for that. And VGK Talk and some other hockey talk. Stand by for that. T.C. Martin Show on a Wednesday.